Hello and welcome to the Dr. Lisa Clow podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Clow, and today we are talking with Vanita. Hi, Vanita. Hi, Lisa. Um, where are we starting on your journey? Yeah, uh, well, I thought I would start with kind of uh, taking a step back and um, having the experience of burnout a few years ago and um, getting to a point where I had health issues and burnout and really um, trying to understand how and why it happened and curiosity got the better of me and I, I started to look for answers and, and solutions to help myself hmm. and came across um, a number of, you know, researchers, insights, science to help um, with supporting my own health and well-being. And one of those was, was a framework through a mutual acquaintance that we have, Dr. Susie Carmack. Yes. Um, about a sense-making process of centred well-being and what does well-being mean. Um and it was a, a great framework to really help me make sense of my story and, and but also how did I want to create my story moving forward. So it was, um, it was a great framework to then um, dig into various, I guess, tools, ingredients to help support my health and well-being. Um, and the curiosity got the better of me. I, I went further and digged into more research around that space and one of those particular things was, was our breathing patterns and, and habits and how that affects our health and yeah that that I guess I, the part of the journey I suppose started with having that that experience and and what could I do to help support or empower myself um, to support my own health and well-being in conjunction with the help of other healthcare professionals. I see. And um, so when you talk about the centered being framework, can you sum that up as far as uh, like if people don't know what that is? Yeah. So Susie, uh, Dr. Susie Carmack sort of talks about well-being. It's a sense-making process and it's about how you as an individual make sense of your health outcomes your identity, role identities, whether that's within your family, your friends and your immediate, you know, um, uh, communities, but also then how you your role relates into the, to the bigger world and, and how, how you communicate with that and how you make sense of life situations and your lived experience. Wow, that's, that's interesting. And so when you learned that and then you took a deeper dive into breath work, um, how did that impact your own well-being? It, it's, yeah, great question. It really helped me as a tool to, I suppose, um, really take pause and reflect. Um, I didn't realise at the time with burnout and leading up to it, I had sort of my breathing patterns had changed because simply of being in that environment of always on the go, um, I, my breathing patterns were always fast and even when I would um, go to relax, I felt like I couldn't relax because I was, this habitual breathing pattern um, had developed and not having a conscious awareness that actually that, that was what was happening. So when I learnt more about you know how our breathing patterns and habits can 
can form and how we can retrain our, our breathing, um, you know, how our level of uh, carbon dioxide and oxygen, um, we can build up tolerance to our carbon dioxide. That can actually help improve our breathing efficiency and actually help us to slow our breathing down. And what that enabled me to do was then to really pause and sit still to then say, okay, where, what's happening in my body? What, where, you know, where am I feeling things? And from that, I could then look at solutions moving forward. So, um, it, I suppose, you know, we, we typically talk about breathing kind of as, you know, this sort of mystical thing, but there was this, I came across this solid evidence around, you know, your, your breathing physiology and your biochemistry patterns that actually really can have an impact on your health. And um, I, when I sort of learned about it and put it into practice, I really felt the benefit of it. So it was just then one tool that I had in, I guess, the tool toolkit to kind of help make then sense of my whole um, well-being. Wow, I can totally relate to that breathing part of um, the uh, changing of the breath and being burned out for me as a teacher and how the breath really does make a difference. So that that's so interesting that you say that. And so um, when you started turning your well-being around and, and getting your health on track, was there any um, other major event in your life where you found out these tools were necessary to get you through? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it's one of the the tools in, in the toolkit. Um, so there's an experience where there was a patient um, about six months ago um, was going in for heart valve surgery. And, you know, it had risked the operation, but, you know, he was confident that, you know, within, you know, a few months he was going to be back on the golf course and, um, and you know, it was going to help with um, his diagnosis of heart failure. Hmm. He had the operation. It went well, but within 24 hours he had a bleed and was back in, in surgery after that bleed. And then about 10 days after the operation, things were, were going along and he developed a lung infection and that then led to a cascade of in and out of ICU um, through in, he had lung failure, he had a brain bleed, had stroke, he w- had cardiac arrest twice and he was revived um, and was in and out of ICU and ended up spending eight weeks in hospital. Wow. And this was at a time when, when uh, COVID was sort of ramping back up here in Australia and before all those weeks the patient actually wasn't allowed to see his family um, because of hospital lockdowns. Um, and, and one of the outcomes, sort of side effects of that was he developed delirium, um, which mm. is really where you just, you know, in and out of consciousness, basically, the, the whole environment setting in a hospital of in, lack of sleep, in natural light, all these things, the trauma of what he'd been through um, was one of the, those side effects. And he eventually got um, uh, discharged from hospital but he had to go into a nursing home because he he physically um, couldn't be, go back home with with having this delirium so mm. he, he you know it was a huge roller coaster um, that he as a patient went through and and the family that was supporting him and that patient was actually my dad 
That's... So yeah, it, it, the 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 you know then you know there's a saying um, from Rolf Gates says we practice in the light, so we're ready for the dark. And <laughs> yeah, these tools I had in the toolkit absolutely got worked over time. So um, and and breathwork was one of them. You know, there was there was so many moments of just taking a step back and and noticing my breath and mm. what was I experiencing as these things were unfolding um and it then would you know it would direct me to you know make sense of what was happening what emotions were coming up um and and feeling you know that you know you could take a step at a time and it also, I, I realised the the you know the power of some, having that knowledge um, and empowerment because when dad when dad was in ICU after the cardiac arrest, we actually they allowed us to come into the hospital for six hours to see him, mm. and he was on he was being ventilated, and you know I saw the the graphs there you know his heart rate, his his oxygen levels, his carbon dioxide levels, and to be able to understand that hmm. that information and talk to the doctors talk to the nurses um it was empowering to understand what was happening although i couldn't you know, obviously i couldn't control it hmm. um and be compassionate about that but also to help my family understand what was happening at the time because it was obviously traumatic um for them as well how were you able to help your family to make sense of it all Yeah, it was to I guess having I um, have a science background and um, you know a very basic understanding of, of biochemistry and physiology and I suppose the last couple of years is I've really gone back into that that area to understand you know what's happening. So I guess you know when doctors are talking doctor language, <laughs> um, I could you know I could understand it, and if I didn't, I at least knew you know to go away and you know, find out more and go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, when the doctor said, you know, um, the first time Dad had a lung, his lungs, um, you know, he was having breathing difficulties, I said, oh, yeah, he's gone hypercapnic and um, this is why I would put him on the ventilator thing. And I went, oh, okay. And I, I literally said to my mum, I said, oh, okay, he's, he's got too much carbon dioxide and he's, you know, is built up in his body. And so obviously, yeah, they've got to, to recalibrate, you know, things that this is what's happening. This is what the doctors are telling us. We'll, we'll keep touch base with the, you know, the ICU over the next couple of hours and, and see what's happening. So it, hmm. yeah, I guess that combination of just insights and being able to bring that into everyday language for mum hmm. in that moment, because obviously, she was distraught, and but at least she felt like someone could speak to the doctors for her, and and also for my dad. You know, there was, you know, doctors would, would tell him things, and I'd go, okay, dad, this is what it means, this is what's happening. Um, and once he knew what was on board, his sense of safety felt better as well. So it was um, a tool that you know I just found incredibly helpful, and just literally the breath. You know, I was sitting there, you know, for a number of weeks just watching Dad's breathing and just seeing, I could see, you know, I could see the differences of what was happening um, it, to, yeah, I guess it was just, yeah, being there as part of the picture to help support him. Hmm. So when you talk about, you know, your breath and yeah. um, 
what what's an example of something that you did um, by using your breath to help you get through all of this? Yeah, there was, um, I remember there was one day I just, it, I don't, I can't remember, I think it was not long after one in the ICU, um, my days, I just literally came home and I, I sat, sat and I just slowed down my, nice the breathing was getting faster and just slowed it down and 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 then with that you know part of the other part of the toolkit is you know your emotional well-being what's your emotions telling you and you know okay with emotions you know I'm, this is hard it's difficult it's unpredictable um you know and that's and with that being compassionate it's okay yeah it is really hard right now there are so many things that are happening um and with but with that in tandem with my breathing, slowing down my breathing, I was just meeting the emotion where, where it was at, hmm. and then say, okay, let's let's you know what can, what can I do right now to help support myself, um, and that might have been you know just sitting there out in the backyard in my parents' backyard in the bushland and just taking in you know what was around me as a way just to I guess slow down and um, pause. So. I think that was just one example where, with um, using my breath regulation, understanding what was happening, and using it as a tool to kind of um, make sense of you know my, what to what to do. Hmm. So you were. Hope it makes sense. Yeah. So you were naming your emotions that you were having while you were out in nature in the backyard. Mm. Um, slowly inhaling and exhaling um, um did you use like a count a certain like number of counts for the inhale as to the exhale or did you just try to um just slow the pace of your breath down um i firstly just took an awareness of what what it was and then was actually deliberately then breathing to extend the exhale out because when when we extend the exhalation on our breath, we're engaging the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, it's a way to stimulate the vagus nerve, which then sort of helps you to downregulate. So, it, yeah, it was that deliberate um, slowing down the breathing and also um, the pace of the, the breath, extending that um, exhalation um, is one way that you can, um, yeah, go balance because every time you breathe, your breath in is um, engaging your sympathetic nervous system and your exhale is your parasympathetic nervous system. So when you extend that um, that breath, you are engaging more of the parasympathetic to try and engage that relaxation. Wow, that's interesting. There's so much to learn about breathing. We thought we knew how to do it the day we were born, but um, things change, right? <laughs> Yeah, and I guess it's probably just going the awareness that it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and how how you how you live it, and I suppose having that insight of when to engage, when and what where, well, again, you know, is so important rather than just yeah, sort of was grabbing you know breath work and hoping that hoping that you know it worked. I guess is one one of the things that's helped is really understanding the why behind things. Mm. I, that's something I'm always naturally curious about. So I, um, 
I yeah, I really want to understand how things work. So, but with that, it then helps me yeah, empower to understand how and when to use things. So, were you able then to share that breath work practice with any of your family members to help them, or was that something yeah, that you I just did? Yeah, look, and again, I'm in part of the health coaching had is you've got to meet the client where they're at. Um, and, you know, that's in where and I gave sort of, you know, mum that tool of, you know, extending out the exhale. And, um, yeah, she noticed a difference even with her pressure. Mm. Um, you know, it slowed, it slowed, you know, she noticed that impact. Um, Dad, you know, also got intrigued about it and, and, you know, and used it and even, you know, now I say to him, I say, yeah, slow down your breathing. He goes, yeah, yeah, you, you, you know, you've talked about the breath. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you got to, that careful balance of, you know, empowering and letting them on their own journey as well and, yeah, um, yeah the balance. So what, what happened after um, you were finally able to see your dad? I mean, there was four weeks that you weren't able to see him, and I'm sure that was super stressful. Mm-hmm. What um, the, what happened after that? Um, yeah, we were uh, the hospital um, could see sort of on compassionate grounds he really needed support. Um, so they allowed uh, one family member per day to come into the hospital um, to see him, and I, uh, uh, mum and I alternated um, doing it. The first few days, I. I went in to, to see him and just um, being with him, um, and, you know, trying to, I guess, yeah, and bring some normality to him and normality to him was, you know, having his computer and feeling like he was working. So mm-hmm. to do little things to help him, you know, feel normal because, you know, I've, you know, I think, you know, for him being in that hospital for so long, you know, saying us you know every time he had medication or blood pressure taken they'd ask his name and his date of birth you know that whole <laughs> rigmarole of the hospital you know you, you were trying to you know I, I took him outside you know into the the fresh air um because you know I realized you know, he hadn't been out in the fresh air for for you know so many weeks you know and he is absolutely where he is today if, if it wasn't for you know the doctors nurses everyone in, the, in that environment which we I'm so eternally grateful for but the whole experience taught me you know there is these there is a benefits if you know life you know talk about lifestyle medicine mm. the ability you know your movement your sleep your social connection your connection to you know you know outdoor and things like that were things that you know that were disrupted in that process. So how much it you know, could bring in to help him from that perspective to also support him mm. um, was really at the back of my mind, given what sort of I've learned over the last few years. That's actually a really good case study on well-being. And if you looked at what happened to him, I mean, without being able to get outside, first of all, that that can strip a person down. And, uh, yeah. You know, that the basics of let's get outside, watch the sunrise, you know, get get some fresh air, be in nature. And the basics of somebody's well-being were basically because of his, 
you know, chronic condition taken away. And, you know, how, how do we bring those parts of the story in for a patient's experience is, you know, uh, that's something I love to, you know, work the working with other healthcare professionals. And I guess I, I think this has fueled a, a bigger purpose for me is there is absolutely a role in that critical care and how do we bring these other parts of the puzzle in to help patients who may not necessarily be this as an acute situation as dad was, but um, yeah, in their health. So for me, the what I do in my role now is, is that that, I feel I'm, I'm part of the puzzle and how do I help work with someone and they might need support from other healthcare professionals but yeah help them make sense of their story but also leverage the expertise of these people that are there to help support you but also um, bring the picture together because often they would they work in isolation as well too and so in the health coaching capacity um, is that's is that the area that you want to move forward in? Yeah, I guess is um, yeah. If people have that sort of health issue and they're, they're sort of navigating, you know, how do they change behaviours to help support support their health? Um, and yeah, working you know in tandem with other healthcare professionals could is part of that. Um, but yeah, one area that I'm now particularly focusing on is is burnout because that's something that I experienced a, a few years ago. And how do you help someone, or you know, is feeling that sort of anxious, the the um, tired and overwhelmed, um, and and feeling that that burnout, exhaustion. How do you help them support them in their health? Is there anything else you want to share about your, your this part of your journey? Yeah, I guess is I. Is it you know my, my I hope my intention I hope in sharing the story is that people have a connection that they're not alone. Um, there is so many stories out there of people you know what they're going through and their experiences and having their voice heard. So and you know having if there is someone there that can help to hear and help them make sense and how do they move forward. Um, I hope that that's, yeah, that people uh, realise that those types of um, uh, people or professionals are out there and, and whether it's me or it's another health coach, I think, yeah, that this is an area that's growing in healthcare as a part of the puzzle to, to really help people um, with their health. So, yeah, I guess that's... I guess if the opportunity or message is to say that, you know, to look out for someone like a health coach, that might be something that could could help you right now. So do you have um, a website or where where do you share information about your your uh, work as a health coach? Yeah, so um, I've been sort of recently on LinkedIn and that's kind of a platform where it's sort of sharing, sharing sort of insights um, for for people, and particularly on you know, you know working professionals, and I suppose resonating with the challenges they might be facing. And I've got a website as well that's um, called Able One Health, hmm. and and people sort of look at me like, huh? Like it's <laughs> Able One. It's actually it's a Silanese greeting. It actually means I wish you a long life. Um, oh wow! And, 
it's yeah for, that has I think it has such you know special meaning as a greeting and um, yeah my dad's from Sri Lanka as well so I suppose there's a connection there as well so that's yeah the reason the name of the business. Nice. Well, I actually had you as my health coach as I was going through some um, issues during COVID as well, some burnout issues and um, some other health issues. So I can attest to how well you helped me out. And so I want to put all of your information in the show notes so that people can reach out to you. And I want to thank you so much for sharing this story because I think there's probably a lot of people out there who maybe are trying to make sense of something going on in their life and maybe, you know, have never really thought about how to use their breath to calm themselves down and to um, take inventory of their emotions. And it sounds like you 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 were your own health coach during that time of crisis um, with your dad in the hospital but I, I want to thank you so much for sharing with us um, I had support of a health coaches as well so you know we all have our support structures behind us on those behind the scenes um, people that that help support so um, like mechanics need probably mechanics yeah, health yeah. coaches need health coaches too <laughs> so true that is so true I love that uh, definitely. And um, I have actually used more than one health coach for my life. Um, and so um, uh, hopefully people will start to understand um, the importance of just reaching out to someone um, for help. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the analog says thank you for the opportunity to share the story and, and connect um again and um yeah hopefully if anything hopefully it just helps um resonate for for people well vanita um namaste the light in me sees the light in you thank you so much thank you